Hey there. Unfortunately, due to conflicting schedules and upcoming vacations, there won't be any new episodes of Darting Through the Faith for a few weeks. Don't worry, it won't be long. We will be returning the first week of July. So enjoy episode 16 of Darting Through the Faith, and we'll see you in a few weeks. And we're back to the Darting Through the Faith podcast. And uh, it took us about three times to get started there. but So anyway, uh, good luck. Yeah, good luck. If so you're going to tune in this whole time. It's been a us. slow start. And I promise um, I'm drinking water and you are drinking... Not water. <laughs> so you get to fill in the blanks. You get you to fill in the blanks. What is Father Sean drinking on yes. a Thursday at 2.30 in the afternoon? It's coffee. It's coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is the Darting Through the Faith podcast. Uh, I am Father Sean Wilson, and with me is Julia Monin. So we're we're here uh, again on this this lovely day to reflect on uh, on the Catechism. Mm-hmm. So we've darted through, and we're on a part about uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary and about um, her conceiving Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we should probably start with a with a little uh, little prayer, asking for the Lord's help in this. In the name of the Father and the Son, the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of Mercy, we ask that may we may learn through your example to say yes to Jesus Christ, so that as we hear the word of God proclaimed to us, we too may bear fruit in this world, just as your fruit, the fruit of your womb, Jesus Christ, bore salvation to the world. We ask that you may guide us, that you may be with us, and that you may use this time uh, to strengthen the faith of your disciples. And we ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We are on paragraphs 495 to 507, which you made up these titles, yeah? Or did you like, when you were dividing all this up and getting sure. our, you put the titles down. So I did. This is the title, Born of the Virgin Mary, Part 2. Part 2. Part 2. So, so tell us where we're at in the catechism here, Father Sean. So Sean. we're back in the first part of the catechism, um, which is the creed, and specifically looking at that at that line in the creed, conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. So uh, so the first part kind of touches the different things, you know, the fact that uh, the Christ was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and then, um, and then it starts with born of the Virgin Mary, you know, who is Mary, her predestination to do this, immaculate conception. And then we're going to jump in in this part, really discussing two um, two parts of of Marian doctrine: uh, the, the divine motherhood and the perpetual virginity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Which, interestingly, the divine motherhood gets one paragraph, mm-hmm. and then the perpetual divinity or virginity, not mm-hmm. the perpetual divinity. Uh, Mary is not divine. Uh, gets the rest of it. So, like. 495 divine motherhood 496 through 507 perpetual virginity so it's just kind of interesting how um how unbalanced that is it is unbalanced i guess i didn't even pick up on that i the whole time i was reading this i don't know i guess i struggled too i don't remember i think it was it wasn't last week or the week before but whatever the topic was i remember thinking like it's difficult for me to like find insight insightful things to like talk about on the show because it's, it was just like common sense stuff. Mm. And I re- I recognize that Marian doctrine, Marian theology isn't common sense stuff for a lot of people. Sure. Um, but I, I, I guess I'm struggling to find the issues because a lot of times when I'm reading and we're going to be on the show, I kind of look for, okay, where are like, where do people find issues with yeah. this so that we can discuss it more? Right. And that's, you know, my own, 
where I'm at in my own journey, but I'm having trouble like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, divine motherhood, yeah, perpetual virginity, check. Okay, let's move on. Sure. <laughs> but they do stand, we do need to discuss them more and it is a moment of question for a lot of people I know. Yeah, and even, you know, as we start with the divine motherhood, it was a it was a hot topic mm-hmm. in the um in the early church. This cuz the word in here, it makes it into four, that 495 theotokos mm-hmm. is the last the last line there. So that's literally like God-bearer, that mother or that Mary bore God. And so um so the issue in the early church was is she the theotokos, is she the God-bearer or mm-hmm. is she the Christ-bearer? Does she bear Christ or does she bear God because um, Jesus's divinity doesn't come from Mary. It comes, it comes from God. So this was like really a hot topic. Like is, is Mary the mother of God or is she just simply the mother of Christ? And basically the the issue came, it, it and this is, this is the, the thing we have to remember. And you can even get to this in the perpetual virginity part. Mm-hmm. All of the doctrine about Mary says something about Jesus, mm-hmm. that everything about we believe and we say about Mary says is it protects part of Jesus. So if we, mm-hmm. if we change what we say about Mary, then it actually, it actually um, affects who Christ is. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm like in total ramble mode, but that we'll go on for it. So is Mary the Christ bearer as what council are we at? Ephesus, I think, mm-hmm. 431. Mm-hmm. Um, is she the Christ bearer or is she the God bearer? So if she's just the Christ bearer, it means she's just she's just the mother of Jesus's human nature is what people were saying, mm-hmm. that she can't be the mother of his divine nature. But the issue with that is it separates Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Christ is like, he's, he's, two, he's these two natures that somehow are together. And the church basically said, no, Christ is one person, mm-hmm. that Mary is the mother of all of Christ. She gives the human nature to Christ, you know, like it's Mary's DNA that interacts and that Jesus has Mary's DNA, uh, you know, his humanity, but Jesus can't be separated. You know, he's not like, he's not like two faced where on the one hand he's, Mm -hmm. he's divine. And then on the other hand, he's human. So Mary is the mother of, of all of Christ, Mm -hmm. just like for your son, Mm -hmm. you're not the mother of only the parts that resemble you. And your, Mm -hmm. your husband is the, the father of only the parts that we, resemble him. Mm. You're both totally the father mm. and the mother. So I have to claim all of it. You get to claim all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Even the part where like, like we really love star Wars. I have to like claim that too. Like he is your son. Yeah. <sighs> right. And parents sometimes do that though. It's like, well, he's your son. Or, you <laughs> right. <know? laughs> right. <laughs> Yours too. <laughs> right. Exactly. That, yeah. I, that was a joke by the way. But anyway, yeah, he is. I mean, t- it's not a joke that he likes star Wars. Like that's, <laughs> Like that's a fact. It's legit. It, I mean, and I was driving somewhere the other day because it's like all Star Wars up in my house right now. And I told my husband on the way home, is it bad that I was driving? And out of the corner of my eye, I thought I saw Darth Vader, but it was really just one of those really tall black leaf bags of trash. <laughs> <laughs> but as I was driving by, I did. I'm like, oh, somebody's got a big Darth Vader in their yard. I'm like, that is not good that I'm seeing Darth Vader. So anyway, okay. How in the world are we talking about Theotokos, right? Am I pronouncing yeah. that right? Tokos. And Tokos. And now I'm talking about Star Wars. Okay. This, right. this is my life. So that was what the church debated, <clears throat> right? Mm-hmm. Is is Christ able to be divided or is he unity? Is he, is, is he two, one person, two natures? That's what it is. And because of that, Mary's the mother of God, not just the mother of Jesus's humanity. Mm. So, Boom. um, yeah, so that's super important. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, even if I'm, even if people are snoozing or maybe people already already checked out. But well, no, it, I think that until what, what I said when we first started, the fact that you know, as I'm reading this now, it's kind of like yeah, 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 you know, common sense stuff. But it took the early church and our church fathers and the councils to like really lay this down for us, right? right. We've had thousands of years right. um, for the Holy Spirit to inspire us as the church as to really what the truths and what the doctrine. Of, of our faith are right and of the blessed virgin mary and some people wonder about that like um you know why she is because th- th- i guess that's maybe the argument we hear as catholics is that we put mary on this pedestal so to speak and and so we are taking our eyes off of jesus and so there's a lot of criticism because of that um where was i going with that father sean please know can you read know, my mind yet? i was i was i was actually i just got lost on something else okay well, you go where you and, got lost. Well, I think we might have talked about this before because we're talking about Mary's motherhood. Yeah. And there is. So what is that? It's scientific that um, like mm. in, in, you know, where I'm going. I do know where you're have going. Have we talked about this before? Um, I don't know if on here, but yeah. in private conversation. We yeah. Have. So in there's this reality that uh, a child, you know, as a child's in its mother's womb in mm. his his or her mother's womb, there's the umbilical cord and nutrients pass through blood passes through. So even after a child's born, there's traces of that child's blood cells in the mother's blood and vice versa. There's Mm -hmm. traces of the mom's blood in the son's blood cell or in the son's blood. So you think about this for Jesus and Mary, like Mary had perpetually the blood of Christ flowing through her veins Mm -hmm. and Jesus had the blood of Mary flowing in his veins. So, I mean, it's, it's cool to think about that for your own mom, but to think Mm -hmm. about Mary always living with literally the blood of Christ inside of her, um, now my mind just went because now right. I have so much to say because yeah. that's so beautiful. And I hear this a lot when I'm sitting down with people one-on-one and this issue with growing in their devotion to the Blessed Mother because that's the question that a lot of people were asking that is, well, I don't want to take attention off Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And to that argument or to that question or to that wondering, I just say it's impossible. It's impossible if it's pure devotion to the Blessed Mother for you to take your eyes off of our Lord Jesus because they are so united. They're so connected that yeah. you can't look at her without looking at him so it's just an impossible right it's impossible what i was going to say before about um you know the criticism that i think we receive as catholics and and the devotion to the blessed mother is she's not really mentioned in scripture that much and so the argument could be if if you are of the belief of solo scriptura you know scripture alone well mary isn't in there that much so that's where kind of we'll put her well what we were talking about with the councils and the church and the holy spirit prompting us of what the truths of the faith are what the truths of the role of the blessed mother are that that it seems fitting to me that the humility of the blessed mother would wait until it was time for us to know right, right? that there are important truths being laid out in the foundation of the church growing in in the life the history the death and resurrection of our lord that we really needed to know and have an understanding of before the the spirit comes before it's God's will, God's timing for us to learn more about the Blessed Mother's role and all of that. Um, but you can see that in the history of salvation, right? Yeah. Play out after the birth of Christ, that we learn more and more, we come to understand more and more the truths of our our mother's role in all of this. Right. Absolutely. So, so she has a huge role. Huge. I mean, because you think about her, for 30 years, Christ was being formed by the Blessed Virgin Mary, not just in the womb, you know, she's not just an easy bake oven that then when he's born, then it's like, see a mom. No, she like mm-hmm. educated him. She formed him. Like so you think about as he's around town working in the shop, they're like, Oh yeah, 
yeah, he's Mary's son. He has the same mannerism. They do the same mm-hmm. thing with their hands when they're talking or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, that she really, and all the, all the different ways that, that um, Mary formed. When you think about that at the end of Luke's gospel, that after he's found in the temple, we hear this just like great little commentary that he, he was obedient to them and he grew in wisdom, age, and grace. Mm-hmm. And to think about how much that would have been influenced by, by Mary and Joseph too. Right. Um, yeah. Fine. I love it. So we're, we made it through one paragraph in the divine motherhood. <laughs> we're out of time yet? Yeah. <laughs> no. Well. I think we could talk about um, devotion to the Blessed Mother. I think you and I, well, we could probably have a separate podcast and just talk about that every oh, week, yeah. maybe. Well, for another day. Yeah, for another day. Anyway, okay. So yes, now we move to the rest of this section, which is talking about Mary's perpetual virginity. Right. Right. So um, in some ways, the... Um, Shoot, I'm saying um a lot. I'm just got real self-conscious. <laughs> is that your tell? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 Do you know what mine is? Because I have one. When you get self-conscious or when, when I'm lose- on doing podcasts or when I'm speaking and I'm collecting, I have like everybody has a go-to word. Sure. Everybody has like, if, is yours um? Is that what you're saying? It appears so. Um. Okay. Well. You know what? I'm gonna let somebody figure it out because I'm certain I've done it on here before or will do it, and then I'll let other people tell me what it is. I know what it is though. Okay. Great. <laughs> So, Look forward to that. Okay. Anyway, continue. So if the the divine motherhood in some ways protects Jesus's humanity to say Jesus is truly divine because he's got himself a mama, then the perpetual virginity says a lot about Jesus's divinity to say that Jesus is, is the son of God. Mm-hmm. So, so this is in that first 496, the first one, the father's see in the virginal conception the sign that it was tr- it truly was the son of God who came in a humanity like our own. So this, this, it's this sign because he's born in a different way. It signals that something radical is happening, that Christ is being born. Um, he's the son of God is entering into our world. So that's, that's, uh, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That is pretty sweet. Yeah. I set you up there for a good one. Huh? For what? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't but know. We could keep talking about this because maybe because you, you mentioned there that there aren't aren't like you don't have issues with this. But 498 mentions some of the the issues that um, that the faith in the virginal conception. So we're in 498 mm-hmm. of Jesus met with lively opposition, mockery or incomprehension of non-believers, Jews and pagans alike. So. Sometimes people in our own day and age say, well, Jesus is born of a, by, by a virgin means, you know, without, without a a man, like a male's seed, Mm -hmm. that that's just like another myth. That's Mm -hmm. another, that's just because they're ancient and they thought that happened all the time. Mm -hmm. And to which the catechism says, no, 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 no. Because in the ancient days, they were actually mocked for this because Mm -hmm. it wasn't common to think like, um, that she was born without a man. Cause even like you think about Greek mythology, those male gods are impregnating everybody. Mm. Um, I, I don't know much about Greek mythology. Well, now you know that. Now I know that. Okay. Yeah. That's good. yeah. So to say that he's born without male seed was like baffling mm-hmm. for, for everybody. Right. And it is baffling to us to this should day. Be. It should be. And this, that, that paragraph, which you were reading from 498 goes on to say the meaning of this event is accessible only to faith. Hmm. You know, and so here's the heart, and we've talked about this before on here, that this aspect of this this belief that um, that this blessed mother was conceived by the Holy Spirit and that she, her, her virginity is perpetual, it should stretch your intellectual thought, right? It should make you go, well, no, hold on. 
Yeah, That's if you say that makes sense, not possible. You need to go back to tenth grade biology. Correct. So, um, so it should stretch you, and that's the, what this so beautifully points out is that it's only accessible to faith. It's only accessible. So, you know, those who without faith, no explanation is possible, and those with faith, no explanation is mm. necessary. I don't. Is that Thomas Aquinas? I don't really know. Actually, I don't know. Um, I've heard that phrase before. But I think in this situation itself, I mean, there's proof of that. Like I can try to explain it, which is what the catechism is doing a beautiful job doing. But without faith underlying that, there's still going to be objections to be made. Yeah. And I brought my, my book of St. John of the Cross with me today because I'm in the heart of like studying his ascent to Mount Carmel, which, um, or the son of Mount Carmel, which talks a lot about this purification of the soul and growing in union with God. And he's talking about these two like nights that the soul has to go through this purification of the senses. So like our external things and then the purification of the spirit. So it would be all these internal things, particularly he talks about three faculties, our memory, our intellect and our will. And essentially what he's outlining here is God is so much beyond, beyond, us. He's so much beyond what we can understand in our intellect. He's so much beyond what we can conjure up in our imagination. He's so much beyond what we can will, even in our good acts of charity, that there's a part of us that has to let that go. Mm. And we have to, we have to rest in this obscurity of what faith is that we don't know. (laughs) And it's in that unknowing that we become even more purified and are able to be transformed even, even in this life into his likeness, um, because we accept the fact that no matter how much we study, no matter how much we learn, no matter how much we can quote theology and scripture and the catechism and all of that, that God is still way beyond us. No matter how much we can visualize him, no matter how much we can see him in our mind or feel him in our hearts, he's still beyond us. No yeah. matter how many great acts of charity we can do, no matter how much of this good we can will in our hearts, it's still way less than what he wills for us. And so part of us has to like be content with the unknowing. And this is what he's talking about in this this um, this purification of the spirit, the dark night of the spirit is that the Lord is purifying of all of this that that we somehow think we can know him and understand him. And anyway, so reading about this, that the the meaning of this event, that Mary's perpetual virginity is accessible only to faith. It just like jumped out because this is exactly what I'm reading and studying in this, that all of this is, is based on faith that we have to have that, which of course is a gift, right? Right. And maybe part of, part of what, as we reflect on this, Mary's perpetual virginity, we recover like some awe for it mm-hmm. because, you know, you, we profess it every Sunday that Jesus was born of the Virgin. And and that should strike us as like odd yeah. that every time we say that, we just, I'm born of the Virgin Mary, sister, right here, God, you know, right. like those should really strike us as something profound because it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it forever changed the world. Mm-hmm. And it was the sign that God was doing something radically new in the world. And because it, uh, uh, somebody was being born uh, of a virgin. So, mm-hmm. um, so maybe what we can do is just to kind of shake us out of a little bit of, a little bit of normalcy and just reciting the creed. Like it's something, you know, it's just, you know, another formula, another prayer that we just kind of have to run through, Mm -hmm. but it is something that is that people stake their life on and it should, it, it changed the course of human history. It should change the course of our life. Yeah. So to kind of recover that sense of awe, what we believe, what we profess. And I, to think about that, and this is the section of the creed and to think about, you mentioned that, that there are martyrs, countless martyrs that have died for what we profess in that faith day or in that creed, I'm sorry, day in and day out when we, when we are at mass. And yeah, sometimes we just rattle off those words without thinking much about them. But I mean, that's what they were, that's what they were and still are dying for their belief in this. Um, Yeah. 
So, so yeah. then after that, so we have Jesus's conception by a virgin, but then the next part of the catechism, like 499 through 501 is about Mary's perpetual virginity, mm-hmm. that she was also a virgin after Jesus was born. And that can be a, that can be a point of contention mm-hmm. because in the catechism points this out as, um, in the gospel of, uh, Oh, it looks like Mark in there. It mentions specifically the brothers and mm-hmm. the brothers and sisters of Jesus are mentioned. So, so that's a time where Jesus is out preaching, he's doing something. And then the apostles come up and say, Hey, your mother and your brothers are here. Uh, they want to talk to you. And, and Jesus says, those who do the will of my father, I think who hear the voice of God and respond to it are my brothers and sisters. So, so questions like, Oh, Jesus has brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. That means Mary's not her perpetual virgin, Mm -hmm. right? Wrong. Wrong. (laughs) How's comes. Oh, it's, it's a, it's an issue with translation, right? And please correct me, but an issue with the English translation of brothers and sisters, meaning, you know, extended family, or it could even mean cousins, so to speak. So it doesn't have that literal term. Like we would know it like a blood brother or blood sister. Um, but it was just like extended extended family. So it's such a simple, it, it is a contradiction to a lot of people who don't understand that. Who will just pull out their Bibles and say right here, it says he right. had brothers and he had sisters. So you're wrong. Well, it's, it's a simple translation issue that, that the meaning of the words couldn't properly be translated into English. Yeah. So there's mo- I don't know the words because when I say Greek stuff, I I'm just repeating what other people tell me. So I don't actually know it, but there is the the word in Greek that it is could mean cousins. Mm-hmm. It's primary meaning would be brothers and sisters, but it, it means it could mean extended family of your same generation mm. also. Mm. So that that's basically the, the, and Christian in the catechism points this out that it, it, um, it, it's been, this explanation has been there for years, mm-hmm. uh, or dec- years, years, centuries, uh, since millennia, the 90s. since the, yeah, since the nineties. <laughs> um, yeah. So this has been recognized by the church because you don't think if at the very beginning of Christianity and they say, well, uh, you know, if, if they were trying to cover stuff up mm-hmm. that Mary really wasn't a perpetual virgin, they would have, they would have figured out this statement. It's not all of a sudden that we in the year 2020 are enlightened. And we, we know, we recognize the issue that none of these people ever did before. And they knew these gospels by heart. So they knew this explanation and it's been part of the church's understanding for centuries. Yeah. And therein lies that, that intellectual side of things that I was just mentioning before, like this purification of our intellect, so to speak, that, well, we know better, like right. we know better, we know better than the church fathers, you know, we, we know better than it's, and that's that purification of that intellect. Um, right. That, As if they were dumb enough that they didn't understand this and we understand and we how, are so much where better babies off. come from. Right. <laughs> right. Because they did not know how yeah. that all worked yeah. back then. That's a good point. I like that. <laughs> all right. Okay. But, Jesus is not Mary's only son. And the catechism mentions that in 501 because we are children of the blessed Virgin Mary. Her spiritual motherhood given to us at the cross. You know, Jesus says to John, behold, Mm. your mother, son, behold, behold your mom, that each and every one of us becomes an adopted son of, of uh, the blessed Virgin Mary, because we are united to Christ who is her son. And because we're, we're drawn in to Christ through that, then she becomes mama for us too. Mama Mary. That's right. And she, and there's this beautiful imagery, um, you know, with the Lord Jesus hanging on the cross and, and thinking about 
everything that he left behind for us, right? Because he's left us all the sacraments. He's left us all these great gifts. He's He's got Peter the rock who's going to build the church on and he's he's there. And as he's preparing to take his final breath and he's and he's in his love for us so much is saying, what else can I give them? What else can I give them? I want to give them mm. so much more. And he looks down and he sees his mother. And in, in that moment, you know, he's looking at there and looks at John, behold your mother, behold your son and say, take her too, because yeah. you're going to need her. You know, and we have everything that we need in the church with with the sacraments, with everything that he's given us, but we still need so much help. And the Blessed Mother, who is our prime example, because she, like us, is completely human, that we can look to her, that she's this perfect helpmate, that she's fulfilled her covenant demand so perfectly, and that we can look to her as our role model, as our guide, as our example. Um, And yeah, the Lord gave her to us to use. Sure. Beautiful gift. Yeah. In fact, you know, St. Therese talks about how, (laughs) you know, in her, in one of her writings, she talks about how she has it better off than the Blessed Mother. And do you know why? Because she can receive the Eucharist? No. But Mary has the blood of Jesus pumping through her veins. Anyway, so why? So she has it better off than the Blessed Mother because the Blessed Mother doesn't have a Blessed Mother. Oh, So yeah, Therese looked at it like that. Like I have it even better because I have you. Yeah. And you don't have you. (laughs) (laughs) So um, anyway, something else to look at. All right. And then the catechism on this section wraps up with, it's a section titled Mary's Virginal Motherhood and God's Plan. So basically... All right, we believe that uh, Mary is the perpetual virgin mother of God. Why? Like, why is that important? Why would God think? And a word you used actually earlier in the podcast that really kind of struck me. Why is it fitting that God chose this way to bring about his son in the world? Mm-hmm. And so there's a couple paragraphs as, as why, um, why the Lord did this. The first one in 503 being Mary's virginity manifests God's absolute initiative. Like God's the prime mm-hmm. mover on all of this, because there is no there. It takes God to bring about the son of God in the world or to, to inc- for the incarnation. So that's, that's a great one. Like God's in charge of mm-hmm. all of this. It's not like, let's just see if these two people get together and have a child and then he'll be the son of God. It's like, no, I'm, t- I'm, I'm going after it. Like it needs to stretch us right. In order for us to recognize it's truly God and not just something we've conjured up in our own imaginations or by our own, Right. ways, right? Doesn't it needs to kind of stretch us a little bit to recognize that it's out of our control anyway, right? Yeah. Um and then going on five paragraph 504 says Jesus is conceived by the Holy Spirit in the Virgin Mary's womb because he is the new Adam who inaugurates the new creation. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. Yeah. So this great it signifies something new is happening for us because a human being is, or he's not a human being. Jesus is born by a completely new way. means that we're about ready to be recreated mm-hmm. in a completely new way. We're born, whereas Adam, Adam and Eve were born in a certain way. Now we have, we become the new man because something radically new is happening with the, the virgin conception of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. in Mary's womb. So, so it's a, it's a, like God's absolute initiative. It inaugurates a new creation. Number three is, what was that? The new birth of children adopted by the Holy Spirit ushers in the new birth. So it's kind of similar that there's this new birth or something radically new happening. That's in 505. Uh, 506. So this is funny. He's talking about faith. And I underline this because it's just sprinkled in this paragraph five or six. Mary is a virgin because her virginity is the sign of her faith, unadulterated by any doubt, and of her undivided gift of herself to God's will. 
It is her faith that enables her to become the mother of the Savior. Mary is more blessed because she embraces faith in Christ than because she conceives the flesh of Christ. And that was that point that um, you were mentioning before. Actually, no, it might be different scripture. You were mentioning when Mary came with his relatives and they're saying, Mary and your brothers are out there to see you. And he says, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but no, um, also the comment was made you know, to, to Jesus, blessed is the mother who nursed you. And, and Jesus responds, blessed is he, he who does the will of God, mm. right? Who hears the will of God and abides by it. Um, and this was Mary. So this right. is telling us that Mary isn't blessed because she bore Christ. She's blessed because of her faith, right? Because she believed that she mm. was God's instrument, that she, because she gave her fiat because it was her faith that enabled her to become the mother and that she embraced this faith in Christ. And that's what actually yeah. made her blessed. Yeah. I'm thinking about, uh, I had a wedding this past weekend mm -hmm. and the, the first reading they chose was the prayer of Tobiah and Sarah mm -hmm. as they, as they on their wedding night. And he has this line, like I take this wife of not mine, not for any lustful purpose, but for a noble one. Mm -hmm. And you think about like the, 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 con the conception of Christ didn't come from lust. It came from a pure act of faith, of trust, of love. So it's a, that sign that, um, that this comes from, it's born of faith. It's it's not born of any any other um, questionable desire or motive, maybe. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. So that's and then the last one is about Mary being a symbol of the church. So she realizes the church, the church. So this is 507. The church indeed, by receiving the word of God in faith, becomes herself a mother. By preaching and baptism, she brings forth sons who are conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of God to a new and immortal life. She herself is a virgin who keeps in its entirety and purity the faith she pledged to her spouse. So that's Mary is this image of the church. The church receives the word of God and then goes to bear fruit, to bear sons and daughters, just as Mary received the word of God and then bears Christ in her womb. So that, that motherhood of the church is uh, personified in Mary. Yeah. And, and for those who maybe are, are new to all of these things, the church you know, is our mother. The church is looked at as our mother and th that's worded here. She like the church is right. referred to in that feminine nature as a she, right? Because of exactly what you just outlined yeah. there, the church herself, the church, she, the church, us is a virgin who keeps in its entirety and purity, the faith she pledged to her spouse. Right. Christ is our spouse. Right. And the, yeah, so she, it's this double feminine meaning of the church because it's the spouse of the, she is the spouse of Christ, the mm -hmm. church, and she is also the mother of believers. So mm -hmm. there's that very feminine, the church is pure, pure, like in this Marian image of the church is so important because so mm -hmm. often we think of the church as this, um, this institution, this, um, kind of, you know, this, uh, group of, of parishes and of buildings and of people and of hierarchy. But before all of that, the church is Marian because it's one that, as we hear here, receives the word of God and then brings forth disciples. And that's this Marian image of the church is so incredibly important, especially as we, you know, it gets distorted into just being an institution or a service opportunity or whatever. I mean, that, that Mary is this great image of the church. So, um, my heart is a flutter. Oh, <laughs> I am like, I am, I'm getting swept away in all of this. So, yeah. um, yeah, this is the girliness, which I, I do. I, you know, you hear it say it's a man's world, but I, the feminine genius is really genius. It's real. <laughs> it's real. It's real. And we got yeah. Pope John Paul II to thank yeah. for a lot of it. We do. Because he, for our understanding yeah, of it. Yeah, for our understanding mm -hmm. and his great insights into, into the heart of a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. so 
Yeah, and yeah. to think about that, the church and, and receiving Elizabeth, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity has this beautiful quote about receiving the divine impress. So this idea that a woman does know how to receive, a woman is made to receive, right? And then to go forth and bear fruit. So to make this divine impress and, and to think of the church as our spouse. Anyway, again, I'm stopping because I'm yeah. going to get up in the clouds here pretty soon. So Sweet. Well, I think... That's pretty much a yeah. wrap. We'll uh, yeah. we'll throw the throw, throw the dart the here dart and cross it out. We are really making some headway on this dartboard. If you are wa- listening to this, the audio, and you are not able to see our dartboard, I'm actually rather impressed that we are. I'm rather impressed that we're making this much progress already. Did you think we would have stopped by now? Oh or? no 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 I, no no. Um, Where are we going? But it feels like we just started. I guess I'm ah. having so much fun. <laughs> Time is flying. Wow. Where are we going? We're still in the honeymoon phase, Julia. Yeah, well, this is true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Christian funerals, 1680 through 1690. How about that? That's great. Very providential. Okay, good. Christian funerals. Good. Cool. Well, that'll be next week. But to close off this week, Julia, you want to end us with a prayer? I do. Let's go ahead and close with um, scripture. This is from the Gospel of Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord.